Welcome to Humanity Evolve with your host, Catherine Colarco. This program will bring your life, family, and community together by focusing on the new technologies and innovations that define your world in an open and relaxed forum of ideas and discussion. Now, here is Catherine Colarco. Hey, welcome to the show today. It's so wonderful to be back with you again today. This is Catherine Calarco, the host of Humanity Evolve. And I have the great honor to have a guest today, a William Brendel, who is the Associate Professor of Organizational Learning and Development at the University of St. Thomas in Minnesota. And I this he has got a spectacular background in utilizing transformative learning theory as strategic competitive lens for realigning goals and objectives for professional competencies, capitalizing on talent, and actually creating groundbreaking strategies. The cool part about this is my show is dedicated to creating means for you to transform your life and to nurture what is best about who you are, to create a better world, create a better life for yourself, and make an impact for everyone. Now, part of that is is to engage with uh, conscious leadership. And conscious leadership is not just the CEO of a company. It's, it's everyone actually stepping into being a conscious leader of their life and within their organization. And, I, and, and part of the purpose for today's talk was to really ask the question, how, can you be conscious and grow a billion dollar company? Can you be conscious and really make a big difference and have a healthy, happier life? And, and how does that actually happen? So we're joined today by the kismet of the universe and, and being open to things showing up. Uh, Bill and I met very recently and we had this amazing conversation about how to incorporate mindfulness into organizations. And he sent through these links to me. And in the links was all about organizational development associated with consciousness leaders, how to develop consciousness as a leader, how to, how to assess it. And I'm like, oh my. And then I thought, Maybe he would actually like to be on the show and have a conversation about this. And I emailed him. I seriously emailed him an hour and a half ago, and he said yes. <laughs> and it just it just adds so much richness to sharing insights uh, with this with this audience and actually giving you real real knowledge and really what happens out there and how to make a difference. And so it's great to have you on board, Bill. I I welcome you to the show and and please tell us a little bit about your background and how what you sort of the the context for today's show. Sure. Thank you for having me. Um, this is such a neat time in my life because I'm very blessed. I'm lucky to be able to study mindfulness and mindfulness practice amongst employees and organizations. My background is really in the study of something called transformative learning. And the idea behind transformative learning is it's not like informative learning where you can learn how to you know, do X, Y, Z, but it's about right fundamental change, like in the way that you see yourself, how you connect with other people. And I found mindfulness, or aka consciousness, paying attention on purpose to be a really great gateway into transforming yourself as a person and everyone around you. Um, So what I've been doing is a ton of research on this and really getting into a bunch of different organizations, for-profit, non-profit, you name it. And the same thing occurs everywhere. It's universal that when you practice mindfulness, whether it's through meditation or just walking 
and breathing or listening to your breath, anything that you do to practice mindfulness has a correlation, a very strong correlation with an increase in your sense of greater purpose on this earth. Mm. Uh, And that is a really powerful correlation. That means that you don't necessarily have to sit down and try to brainstorm who you are and how you can do great things for the planet if you just simply attend, center, and listen, you'll receive insight. And that's a real gift. Right. And I think we we often, you know, we're rushing very quickly or we have uh, innate natural leadership uh, skills for drive and accomplishment and developing teams and building businesses and things like that. And I don't, I, I think that actually developing the subtle skill of pausing and and being aware being being aware in the moment and and getting additional information and insight that may in fact enable you to be even more impactful is a is a, is a competitive advantage and it also makes life richer you know it's like you i was talking to um i was at a wisdom 2.0 event right before the holidays and i was they were presenting and they bill ty was talking and i and i asked him i afterwards because i thought this was really important because you you often see leaders that have succeeded they've actually gone through and created billion dollar companies or uh, uh, created amazing technologies and then they get sort of see the light and they realize okay be mindful and they want to develop a mindful company and I really wanted to make sure that it was possible to do it to create billion dollar companies or create a large organization or even create abundant innovations without having to be to drive over people and be Machiavellian and 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 do all that kind of um you know, aggressive uh, uh, tendencies uh, that you couldn't be aggressive with consciousness, that you can embody the consciousness and and truly create the same outcomes and and yet have a have a more mindful, aware approach to that. And I so I asked Bill, I said, so Bill, can you be conscious and and create a, a large company? And he said to me, he said, yes. And he was paused very carefully and said with intention. So with intention, and I'd love to talk about that a little bit, Bill. Before we got online, you were mentioning that it's intention and attention. So it's kind of both combined. So can you talk a little bit about creating abundantly growing or, or businesses with attention and intention? That's a really great question, and that is something I wake up every morning and I wonder about myself. I've been doing research on organizations who use mindfulness practice and their approach to developing both intention and attention in their leaders. And I'll just give you a real quick example. General Electric, GE, has one of the largest, if not the largest, leadership development training outfits in the world. And Bob Cancalosi, who heads that up, uh, I got to talking with him and I asked him, are you using anything to uh, help leaders not just act like a leader, but be a leader, to let go and be able to create and rise above so that there's something, they're tapped into something greater than themselves. And he said, yes, we spend over 10% of our training operating budget on things like mindfulness practice. So GE has this approach where they have a big, uh, if you can imagine, a big tank of water, and they have executives paint on top of water to get in touch with the fact that things are constantly changing, constantly Mm. fluid, and to be in touch with the nature like the 
of fluidity and change in that way. Um, but what we're finding is that if you, if there's a real fundamental difference between acting like a leader and being like a leader. Ooh, so you could learn point. everything you need to know about, you know, acting like a leader, situational leadership. If, if the listener's familiar with anything about leadership, they've probably taken a course in leadership or have heard the right things to say, the right things to do. But if it's not authentic and if right. it's not aligned with who you are inside, then it could actually backfire. <laughs> it can become inauthentic <laughs> and in, unintegrated with who you are as a person. Hmm. So being a leader really requires a letting go. So acting like a leader tends to be more of an aggressive energy. Mm-hmm. Being a leader is a very humble experience of letting go. And in that way, you're letting go of all of the attachments and anxieties and concerns that have followed you through your life in order to receive what is actually happening in the moment. And it's much easier said than done. Right. Um, But thankfully, there are a lot of very simple techniques that you can use to tap into your sense of presence and purpose or attention and intention. Yeah, you know, before we get to the those practices, because I want to definitely cover them, I'd like to stop and pause a little bit about it, the expression of authentic and, and aligned and and drive. You know, how do you how do you create sort of the balance of um, the higher male and the higher female traits? You know, and and, and to the, to work together because I think it's it's important because I think what's authentic when we're twenty is different when we're forty, and um, <laughs> right. And, <laughs> And I think that both of them are correct, right? And I and I so I think that there is an evolution of what is important and your understanding of deeper purpose and things like that. So could you talk a little bit about knowing uh, when you or how to develop authenticity or knowing when you are authentic and aligned? Gosh, that's a great question. That's a topic that comes up a lot in the graduate leadership courses that I teach. And people will say, well, being authentic means being yourself, being your true self. And I challenge my students to ask the question, what is your true self? What is the self for that matter? And what we come to invariably is the self is a construct. We construct it. It's Mm -hmm. based on assumptions and attachments and anxieties that we have based on our past experience. And that's why if you were going to say that uh, my true self is this in my 20s versus in my 40s, that would be true because the self has experienced different experiences. But if you look at the work of uh, people who talk about consciousness and mindfulness practice and they pull from Eastern wisdom, they will tell you that the best study of the self is to forget the self entirely, (laughs) to let go of the construct that you've created so mm-hmm. that you can become more like yourself than you ever were before. And there's a big difference in the philosophies of leadership. My own mm-hmm. take on it is that you already have everything you need to be a leader. You just need to see and get out of your own way. And that's what mindfulness practice does. Hmm. 
so that so if you're looking at it from like one of the ways that I've embodied this is like you know when things are true you actually may not want mm-hmm. that to be what it is but you know it's true and sometimes being authentic is having the courage to to um, um, approach a difficult subject or to let someone know they've got you know spinach in their teeth or or to <laughs> actually step back and allow others to 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 move forward or or step forward and and have the courage to lead and make a decision and 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 map it forward because you're operating from that higher purpose so it's it's actually there are several choices in the moment to make and you have this you have this knowledge and it takes a while in the stillness to actually know what the way to do but when you let go of the results or the 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 encumbrances of it the actions are actually very almost pure they may not be correct yeah. but but it but it does generate flow right and so so you you kind of engage in this and it can almost be like a little experimentation okay I'll, i'm going to try this this feels right i'm going to do this without becoming lost in the you know the kumbaya sit around and you know it's this right. is really a the intentionality is important right and and I and I've when you know what's right you you find that things show up for you right and and the universe mm-hmm. makes a path for you to go forward when it's right and um and I think it's also interesting is that you have to have, you know, like uh, Brene Brown talks about, you know, the courage to step into the arena. You actually have to mm-hmm. step into it and and you have to step into it. And it's amazing how things, how fast things can happen with almost no effort. And that's when you've you've kind of tapped into the your creative energy as well as the drive aspect and also are manifesting from your whole purpose rather than mm-hmm. from... I have to get this task done. I'm hoping that's clear for people because I think it's it's often hard to go, well, how do I know when I'm there, right? Which is why I'm in the wearables business because, you know, sometimes we need a we need feedback to say <laughs> to say where we're at, you know? So so I think it's it's it, and I think one of the other components besides just aligning with yourself and knowing what's true for you is also being in a group that supports that. So uh, being knowing that that there's trust, I mean, having a trusted environment and being able to recognize that environment, also have it, an environment where people can talk about uh, things that, uh, you know, are not said, you know, they have the they have a open means for communication and a way to talk about difficult things as well as a way to celebrate the success of other people. So I, I think that the the your own internal environment and then the environment around you make it easier or, or harder to actually show up as your true self and manifest that that leadership that resides in everyone absolutely and i'm just thinking about what you said about wearables and specifically i'm thinking about the spire device which i recently used with a group of 25 leaders who are emerging at my own university as a matter of fact and i had them wear this tracking device that uh actually signaled to the body several types of mind states like calm and tension etc but the one that really stood out to them was tension. It would buzz them. It would buzz them and let them know that they were not aware. They were not fully aware that they were experiencing tension and not aware enough to take the measures to relax, to let go, to take a deep breath. And what happened invariably with all 25 leaders is that over time, being reminded 
that they were not aware was absolutely essential. So mm. practicing mindfulness is one thing. So sitting and practicing meditation is one thing. But if you have something that helps you listen to the body, I think that's also really important. Right. That's so profound is to actually have something that is your coach in the moment that actually can create that awareness. And uh, I, one, I, I have... A, With your 25 leaders, did this improve their leadership skills being made aware when they kind of became more tense or anxious or moved out of of, uh, that sort of state? Yes, actually, that's a great question. And it's something that uh, they all spoke to. And one of the big things that they said was they realized in the moment that they were reminded that they weren't being aware, that their focus was so... uh, scattered or caught in the past or wrapped Mm. up in the future that they weren't attending to the people they were with in the moment. And that's really what leadership's about. It's about being in the moment, feeling a sense of solidarity, realizing that we're all in this together. Um, But if you're somewhere else, anywhere else besides the present moment, (laughs) uh, you begin to feel the sense of disconnect, not only from other people, but from your own authentic sense of self. And I think, and my, my thought here is that that is precisely what causes tension and dis-ease in people. And mm. I think it does catch up with people in different forms, heart attacks, uh, ulcers, and other sorts of things. But these 25 leaders said that they learned above all the importance to pause. The ability to pause, they said, was one of the greatest gifts that they learned. Um, mm. Because by simply cutting off tense mind states. They were able to sit and listen. It's hard enough, Catherine, just to like listen to your own breath and pay attention to that for a minute, let alone an employee who comes in or someone who's trying to sell you something or uh, somebody that you're in conflict with. So this is a real important leadership trait. And it's, we call this the attention economy now. It used to be called the, the information economy and then it became the knowledge economy and then it turned into the innovation economy, but now there's so much distraction out there that they call mm. it the attention economy. Right. Wow. I I love that. I think that's so profound to actually use the tools and techniques around us to create the ability to be more present in the moment in order to lead from that position and stay in balance. Wow, we're going to talk more about this after the break and dive a little bit more into the tips and techniques of how uh, Bill and others have actually strengthened the, the leadership capabilities of individuals in this dynamic and, and chaotic, overwhelming world and how we can actually live in that state of grace and flow and empowerment for us and for those around us. This amazing conversation. Please join us after the break. We got a short word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. This is Catherine Calarco on Humanity Evolve with our guest, William Brendel. Talk to you soon. If you hear a doctor, 
dog barking, or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkgaard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. This is Humanity Evolve with Catherine Calarco. To reach our show today, please call in to 1-866-613-1612. Again, that's 1-866-613-1612. Or you may send an email to info at ccalarco.com. Now, back to Humanity Evolve. Welcome back. This is Catherine Calarco with our guest, Bill Brendel, who is from the University of St. Thomas, who's also worked with Columbia University, Georgetown University, Memorial Sloan Ketterling Hospital, and, and also the Visiting Nurse Service of New York, as well as in several international venues. Right before the break, we were talking about the attention economy and how leaders need uh, feedback in the moment to know when they're when they're not being present to refocus their attention and stay in the moment in order to retain their leadership capabilities. And part of this, or most of this, is due to the overwhelming uh, changes that are occurring, the exponential growth and evolution of things, as well as the uh, media overload or information overload that exists nowadays and and so you know bill you were talking a little bit about this you know how to keep your attention and with this leadership study this was using the spire device and and this is a a company that i love I, i work at and i see this joy every day in people and how health professionals to leaders are seeing their lives transformed by being able to wear something it, it discreetly that gives them gentle feedback and and helps them to s- stay in that flow or the zone during the day. So give, give me a little insights on how to actually build your attention uh, economy. Well, that's a really good good question and follow up. Um, you know, throughout the day, you know, you wake up and you sort of you get in the car or you get on the subway or bus and you head to work and. There are these mornings when you get there and you think back and you wonder, like, what was my trip like? I don't even remember the trip. <laughs> now, the key here is not giving up. <laughs> not right, saying, well, right. that's just how my life is. Right. But actually congratulating yourself. Because in the right. moment that you recognize that you're unaware, you're already back in awareness. Right. So the practice is really about paying attention on purpose in the present moment and moment by moment, but non-judgmentally. And that's the word that most people miss. It's not judging yourself. Right. Just paying attention. And the thoughts and the, and the feelings and the anxieties that run through your mind, if you just try to still and listen to your breathing, they become so prevalent. And the person who taught me about mindfulness practice, John Kabat-Zinn, 
said that it's sort of like watching a, a pot of boiling water and the bubbles are like thoughts emanating mm. from the bottom of the pot. And you see them come up into your conscious awareness. And instead of just getting caught in them, getting caught in thought, releasing them and letting them go, and then coming back to your breathing, in the case of breathing meditation. Uh, And you could practice this not only when you're sitting. Next time you're in a meeting, just watch your mind. Mm. Where's your mind going? And where's your body in that moment? Mm. Right? How how much are you wrapped up in your head? And then the big question is, how much is that actually helping your performance in the meeting? Right. Um, and it's it's really the more you pay attention to it, the more you realize that it, this is the sin qua non of leadership. In order to be a leader, we have to pay attention to our own attention. Um, so there's a lot of really neat little tricks you can do to be mindful. Uh, mm-hmm. both formally in the mindful practice. So if you're doing, you know, body scan meditation would be one. Mm-hmm. Or in informal mindfulness, which is, we have a lot of great examples. One of my favorite ones is when uh, one of my uh, professor friends walks to do her class. She has to walk up this flight of stairs, and she walks up the stairs one mindful step at a time. Mm. Just one at a time. And then by the time she gets to the top of the stairs, she feels present. And she's able to deliver her lecture as if it's for the first time every time. Right. And that's, that's the ability to lead. Is to be, and that's what they call leadership presence, is to mm. truly be present. You know, it's, and I think we see it in people, right? That we want people we want to follow, people that are, have the skill to show up and also have the confidence and the the vision to actually move. We know they're going to make it happen, right? So you have this sense that you can actually, they can deliver and we want to follow, you know, and I think this, it is a combination between strategic thinking or being able to see the vision and then connect the dots to today and stay in the present to manifest that right and so you yeah and I think it's it's one of the things that you talk about it in in your papers and your research is really assessing you know uh, that purpose or being purposeful helps you to be a better leader and and we see this a lot with uh, with organizations and, and part of the you know like when we first started talking about this you know we see this in organizations that are nonprofit. they're very driven purposefully by very purposeful driven people and sometimes mm-hmm. People are like, well, I have to work. You know, I can't, I have to have a job or I'm at this company. It doesn't feel very purposeful or the company is actually uh, high pollution or has a lot of social um, uh, uh, costs. So therefore it builds out mm-hmm. its, it builds out its social good side to sort of balance the two out. Right. And it, and it increase its, you know, its positive impact on the planet. Yet, you know, how can people engage with their purpose in a situation that may not feel purposeful, you know, Mm. um, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like you're, Mm. you, you need to lead, but the organization may not be purpose driven, you know, or, or you are, 
um, the and also you might be at a nonprofit, which is very purpose driven, but may not be functionally able to manifest on its on its uh, uh, its mission. You know, to to truly make a difference in what it's trying to do. Um, or you know, you talk about um, selflessness. I mean, there's a lot of women that a lot of caregivers, and you talked about nurses that that almost are having have to take care of themselves first mm-hmm. and have become so selfless that they 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 they're it's not helping them you know and i know i've kind of outlaid three different situations but you know how can you actually show up at and, and align with your purpose in an organization that doesn't feel like it has one. <laughs> and can, how can you, how can you in a, in an organization that, uh, that is all purpose driven, but isn't manifesting. And then, and then if you yourself are over, uh, too, maybe too selfless, how can you build that, that care back in? And, um, and then I'll talk about how to find the right match. You know, let's get Goldilocks and find the right match. <laughs> Well, it's, I think it all comes down to balance, really, right. and finding the right balance and being aware that attention and intention are not separate. They're actually two sides of the same coin. And what I mean by that is that the more we pay attention, the more we open up to insight and the more we discover, I mean, the actual form of meditation that I use is called insight meditation. So the discovery of deeper purpose happens through the attention. So when one shuts down or one becomes too acute, you lose both. So Mm. my studies, the studies that I've done, all have been empirical with control groups, et cetera. We found that there is a direct strong correlation between people who purposely practice mindfulness just once a week for 45 minutes, which is something you can do in a, a lunch hour. Right. A big correlation between that and a greater sense of purpose. Now, you might even say that purpose itself can be split into two poles. One mm-hmm. is an everyday sense of purpose where you're just sort of making the money, um, taking care of business, scratching off all the things that you have on your to-do list. And on the other side of the pole would be your greater sense of purpose, your raison d'etre, you know, being a benefit and helping people around you. That's a greater sense of purpose. And the studies show that the more you practice mindfulness and the more you raise your consciousness, the greater your sense of purpose becomes and the more selfless it becomes. You talked about being selfless versus mm-hmm. more self-interested. Um, that's, and I just have to say something for the listeners. One of the things I've seen that has come up that makes people avoid the practice is that they feel that they don't deserve the time to simply be or Mm. deserve the time to pay attention and take care of themselves. And one of the wisest things I've ever heard did come from John Kabat-Zinn, and he said that it would be selfish to do so only if you believe that you are separate from the universe that gave rise to you, that you are not part of everything else. But as soon, as soon as you realize and make the realization that you are part of everything else, then taking care of yourself is essentially taking care of all. And this mm. is really important because leaders who model wellness are doing a great service, not just for themselves, but for people around them. And this permeates organizational culture. And my studies also show that when leaders do this, stress levels and anxiety levels of other employees come down. 
The right. tendency to forgive amongst employees rises. Mm. People tend to do um, more, what we call citizenship behaviors, where they do things that aren't their job. They do it just because. Right. Even if nobody knows they're doing it. Doesn't that sound like a great place to work? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. I see a lot of that. So, you, know? yeah. you also, yeah, I think it, and I, I think that's the outcome of this, and I think it's really important to, to just pause on that briefly, is that when you actually become more highly aware and you become more conscious and you take care of yourself and take time to be mindful or to, to pause and breathe and, and, and stay mm-hmm. present, you become less judgmental, you become more relaxed, flexible, selfless. And because yeah. of that, in your research, and I'm looking right at it, it's fantastic, you, you have less perceived stress, you're, or you have more organizational citizenship, you, have a, you yeah. don't ruminate as much, you're grateful, your job satisfaction increases, and you, you're right. more efficient and creative, you can solve these hard problems with less drama. I mean, that is That's what right. we're looking for, yep. right? Frictionless That's right. development. That's a, wow. I love that term. That's a wonderful term. I love that. <laughs> yes. That's it. it. In a nutshell, you nailed it. I mean, there's a, there's a saying that the only sustainable competitive advantage an organization has is innovation. It's the ability to receive insight and not only think creatively, but have the guts and not worry about censoring yourself so that you can bend that creativity into reality. And mindfulness and the practice of mindfulness also increases that. That was actually one of the greatest correlations I saw in an earlier study. Just think about that. If you're a creative person, if you practice mindfulness more, you tend to care less about what other people think about your ideas. And you're more likely to implement them and test them as imperfect as they may be. Because the idea is great in your mind, but when it's in action, that's when it becomes innovation. And so letting go of that that censoring judgment mind is is absolutely a, a competency of modern leaders. Right, right. And it's almost like the, it may not be, it's the, the, uh, deployment of wisdom with a creative eye and it's the mm. it, it's the essence of our ability to use our knowledge to guide the creativity to uh, to enable it to be its most successful without Im- deploying the judgment and criticism or in a way that is judgmental and critici- criticizing that might stifle the creativity Right. And so yeah. it goes it goes back to what you're talking about, about this ability to be um, to manifest creatively, to solve problems and stay nimble. It's not about mm-hmm. running amok with every crazy idea. We're just going to create chaos <laughs> and move forward. Right. It's it, mm-hmm. it, it, it. I mean, maybe that's functional for some, but um, but there's also the 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 ability to use collective intelligence or the wisdom of an organization or the experimentation to to like navigate like you're you know water flowing down a river what's the easiest way to go and and how do i create enough energy to to create a waterfall right and so Mm. so it's really the 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 attunement of the action uh that that manifests this way and i've seen this happen so many times where 
you know, people said, oh, this is impossible, or they get super caught up in the whole details of it, and um, or they, well, we've done that before, and there's all this stuff that happens. And, you know, there's a voice inside that keeps you tenacious and says, there's a way, we'll find it. And you do. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, holy creek, we did that, you know? And, uh, <laughs> you know, and it's like, I, you know, and I've had the joy of being able to do this many times in my life. And, and every time we do it, it's, it comes down to the courage, the vision, an excellent team. And it may not be what people would call, oh, on the piece of paper, the A team. It's like a dedicated, 100% capable mm-hmm. team. It's, it's the, it's the alignment of vision and, and motivation to make stuff happen and in a concerted way that cares for each other, right? And allows for people to take time and to rest and recover and, you know, to, to, to do that. And I, I just think, you know, that is, you know, probably now that I'm thinking about that, that's been some of the most fun I've ever had has been doing stuff like that. So I love that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Yeah, that's life. It's life unfolding before you and, and life just goes so quickly. So in the meantime, while we're, you know, scheming and we're developing plans and great strategies, life is just moving past us at a rapid clip. And, you know, if you take the long view, one of the things that this practice has helped me with is really taking the long view and thinking, you know, at the end of the day, was I re- was that really worth worrying about? And how much can I really control? If I'm doing my best to control the things that I can control and letting go of the rest, it's amazing what that can do for your psyche. And I think that the incorrect assumption that people have, at least in the West, and now this has spreaded since you know things have globalized, uh, the, the incorrect assumption, I believe, is that you can't just think your way into being a leader. You can't mm. do that. Um, mm. The idea is you've got to sort of let go and, and recognize that inside of you, it already exists. Everything that you need, your sense of purpose, it's there. All you need to do is learn how to wake up and discover it. Mm. And, and there's absolutely no seeking involved. All right. it requires is letting go. It's letting go of your interpretations, your thoughts, your... Your feel and just allowing it to come to you, and it's very difficult to demonstrate this logically or through uh, cognitive means. So, what I'm saying might sound great as I say it, but you're probably wondering how the heck do I actually do that? <laughs> yes, the only way to experience sure it, I'm saying, the only way to experience it is to actually practice being mindful and not do it right. so that you can tell other people you're doing it, but to do it to really get in touch with your own interiority and life in the moments that you live life. And, if you, you know, we have to admit, we spend most of our life at work. <laughs> right, so, right, you know, exactly. It's not like you wait till you come home to do it. Do yeah. it, you know, wherever you go, there you are. Do it there. Right. And, and we're gonna we're gonna kind of take a deeper dive in some of these internal experiences with mindfulness and somatic practices and other means of creating um, the you know interpersonal behavior and 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 actually 
fine-tuning your leadership skills. When we come back after the break, please join us. This is super exciting and very, very important for the future of our ourselves and our lives in this new world, that a new era of exponential growth that we're entering or that we're in. So please stay with us. We're going to be right back after the break and talk more about conscious leadership. This is Catherine Calarco with Humanity Evolve. See you after the break. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. This is Humanity Evolve with Catherine Calarco. To reach our show today, please call in to 1-866-613-1612. Again, that's 1-866-613-1612. Or you may send an email to info at ccalarco.com. Now, back to Humanity Evolve. We're back. It's Catherine Calarco with a bill from the University of St. Thomas and talking to us about consciousness and leadership. And his entire research has been about actually embodying mindfulness and seeing how it shows up for leaders and how to really create a more compassionate organization, work that truly creates abundance, and how our lives can be better through this through this practice. So just before the break, we were talking a little bit about uh, the self-care and taking a moment for yourself to to that this is actually important work and that uh, being able to uh, build your ability to stay aware in the moment and stay present and in this attention economy requires that we spend at least 45 minutes a week being mindful and and engage in a mindful practice and it doesn't need to be uh, expansive or you don't have to go to a retreat you can do simple things like walking up a stair you can focus on your breath and just gently sitting somewhere uh, gardening you know things like putting your makeup on or or just enjoying a, a moment uh, being with someone you love and being aware of that you know so this is there are many ways to to build this uh, capability and I'm sure many of you are doing this out there and I'd 
love to hear from you. Love to hear your stories. Please call in or email us if you have a question or would like to talk about your leadership experience and how you've been able to become a transformative leader in these times. So, Bill, we were talking a little bit about, you know, being able to take this um, at practice and actually uh, embody it as a leadership practice. And it's really not about cognitive or about knowledge transfer. It's it's much a different practice. And so I, I'm sure that some people out there are going, oh, what, I just sit in the sit in a room and focus <laughs> on my breath and I'm, I'm suddenly better? <laughs> you know what? what? <laughs> you know, I, I like to find out a little bit more about, okay, what does, how do you actually bridge that from leadership to this practice and what, what kinds of practices do you see working? You know, the somatic you talked about, the mindfulness you talked about. Love to hear more about some of that and sort of connect the dots for people. Okay, so I think the best way to put this is that 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 sitting and breathing meditation is sort of like going to the gym and working out that muscle that we call attention. Uh, And you get better and better at that, catching yourself and your thoughts straying, etc. But when you're in the moment, when you're in that leadership moment, when stuff hits the fan, so to speak, when you're giving a presentation and you notice that you're sweating the small stuff, that, those are the moments that it matters, and there are a lot of really cool little tricks that I'll, I'll share with you right now that you can implement to immediately see what's on the top of your mind and what is preventing you from performing at peak, what is mm-hmm. preventing you from being authentic in the moment, and what is preventing you from speaking your truth and you know allowing people to walk over you, which happens all the time in uh, organizational life. So one of the tips is that when you're giving a presentation and if you're unsure about what you're speaking about or you're having any kind of trepidation before you speak, one of the tricks you can do is to bring your attention to your feet and really feel your feet on the ground. Now, the body has muscle memory, and that muscle memory is attached to mind states or habits of mind. So when we feel our feet on the ground, we literally become more grounded and we speak from a place of being more grounded. They call that somatics practice. It's Hmm. a way of being in the body. Now you've heard of power poses. Go Google that one. That's a fun thing to look at. (laughs) Yeah. Right. They've done, I have a, I have a great associate of mine who does uh, these great experiments with people. And she has one group, uh, you know, sit hunched over before going into an interview and the other group, sit with their arms folded behind their head, sort of relaxing as if they were on a vacation. And then they go into an interview and they see that the performance of people who take that more relaxed pose are more uh, confident, assertive, Hmm. uh, speak more intelligently. And the person is the same person. It's just allowing what's within them to come out and to be their best self. So Hmm. the body is attuned to that. So those are some things you can do. If you're in a meeting where you have a colleague, now this might sound familiar to some of you, who, who drive you nuts every time, every time. So you come into the meeting and you're already walking on eggshells. One of the tricks I like to use is that if you're sitting at a table, to take the palms of your hands that are on your lap and turn them facing up. Now when oh. you turn them facing up, it's sort of like signaling to the body that you're receiving. You're allowing the body to receive. You're opening up instead of shutting down. And usually when you're working with people who are not very pleasant, we tend to shut down. The whole entire tone of the conversation can change just by doing that. 
And I'll mm. give you one last tip. This is a really neat one. I have a professor who goes in and she teaches every night and she noticed when she stops paying attention, she noticed that she'll start lecturing and she'll get into her thing and her, her face will sort of turn and look off the distance, and it's as if her students aren't even there. She's sort of off in her lecture somewhere, and she noticed that she was looking at the upper right-hand corner of the classroom. So what she did was she took a Post-it note, a bright yellow Post-it note, climbed up on a chair and placed it on the wall where she tends to look when she goes off uh, of the present moment. And now when she teaches and her head goes in that direction, she sees the, po- the post-it note and returns back to the class. So part of this is having the humility to recognize and to kind of trick ourselves into right. coming back. That's why biofeedback devices like Spire in particular are important. There are other really cool things out there, some apps that you can use that will just intermittently chime in and say stuff like, What's your hurry? (laughs) And it's amazing because every time it's right. (laughs) How does it know so well, you know? Yeah, I I love the the, yeah. the the little simple things that you can do to kind of bring yourself back in, because sometimes you know, I, and I I really like it when my friends give me a little feedback like, oh, what what are you thinking or what's going on? I said, no, I'm just processing, you know, I'm just processing, <laughs> and I need time to process, you know, and yeah. so I now I've sort of say it in advance so they want they don't think I've actually left them. <laughs> so, yes. So, yeah, is it That's okay? Another, wait, I need a moment yeah. to process this, and then they don't look at me like I'm no longer thinking about them. I don't like it's like no, I just need a moment, you know. Take the you moment, know, and there, then they go, oh, okay, you know. <laughs> but those are those are great. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, those are great tips. I mean, and and in terms of uh, the the you know the opportunities in the moment, you talked a little bit about. Um, you know, some of the, the research that you've done, it, you know, there, it, it, have you seen other examples where, you know, people have really been able to transform their effectiveness? Um, and, and what did they what did they do? Oh, that's a really good question. There's so many examples of people who are able to transform their effectiveness. And really what it does is by practicing mindfulness on a regular basis. Now, everyone kind of tends to gravitate toward one form of mindfulness practice, a regular practice, like a body scan or something like that. But the ones who find one and they they make it part of their routine, like hygiene, it's like brushing your teeth, they find that what happens is their effectiveness comes from a place of increased passion about the work that they do. A greater connection between feeling sort of an alignment between their um, meaning in life and mm-hmm. the vision of the organization. And then what happens is anything becomes p- possible. Confidence increases. People take risks. Mm-hmm. Um, if you ask any great leader how they got there, um, one of the people that I worked with was very reticent to take any risks, highly right. calculated, uh, not calculating, but always sort of running the statistics and the cost-benefit analysis through their mind and not actually taking the risks in real life. And when she began practicing mindfulness, she saw that, hey, you know what? When I do take a risk, the person Mm -hmm. who tends to be most critical of me is me. (laughs) Right. 
So if I'm learning to let go, right, if I'm my own worst critic, and I'm learning Turn it to off. let go, then, hey, yeah, right. It's sort of like giving yourself a restraining order. Now mm-hmm. I can actually do this without getting in my own way. And it's, it's really neat to see people go from being closed down and reticent to take chances to opening up and finding that, that really a lot of the joy and, and passion in life comes from taking chances. Right. Yeah, and it's 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 informed chances. Like you know, there was a risk yeah. profile of different individuals, and and uh, some people are very risk adventurous, right? And they, and then there are those who are very risk adverse, and their organizations are the same. And I think it's understanding who you are in that profile scale, and knowing where do you create balance, and are you is there a an opportunity to add diversity within the organization, and will that be supported and appreciated, or are, mm. is it a is is it a mix? Are you a you know round peg in a small in a square hole, and will it cause constant friction and challenge for you? And um, and I, I think that I celebrate organizations that allow for that diversity of thought and allow for the 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 wisdom of a variety of people to align um, in into a, a manifesting an amazing goal. And those who think big and and go for it, you know. And uh, you know, in, in terms of the the moments in my life where I've really uh, you know there was a you know in New Zealand. We, we created, you know, something, uh, an opportunity to grow 100 companies to 100 million and seemed extremely ambitious. And within the first year, we had our first one, you know, and there was, there was just ways of being able to do that. And, you know, if I had st- stood there and said, well, geez, I'm an American and this is New Zealand, or, you know, if I was at, uh, you know, our company was tripling every year when I was at Applied Biosystems, I mean, there were things that were happening. And if you'd stopped and said, whoa, wait a second, you know, rather than going, okay, I have the confidence. I know what I'm doing here and I'm going to put my whole heart into it and I make it work and I may not succeed or I might not do it perfectly, but together we're going to make this happen. And, uh, and it does, it totally happens. And it's like out of nowhere, you, the things, things arrive, you know? And, and I think it's also important to realize that there are failures that occur too. You know, there are times as a leader when the, the startup you built doesn't, doesn't, you know, has to fold, but what you've created out of that is brilliant or amazing or has transformed people's lives. You know, I talk about uh, the startup that I led and and it, it basically had to shut down. But from that, at least three or four of my staff went on to build new companies. Wow. <laughs> and wow. and they, they, they still, I still connected with them today. And, and one of them is an acclaimed author. And, you know, it's just amazing to see that because of the bravery and the, the, the changing their mental models in that moment and their ability to see that we can do more than we think we can, uh, and cause them to step out fully into their purpose. And that is, you know, amazing. And now, I mean, we created digital health. You know, we we started off of a band of small companies back in 2009 at CES. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we manifested, you know, this year is like, I don't know, 400 companies and thousands of devices. And Wow. And the idea is, is that, you know, you step forward and you have a purpose and you are, are driving towards what what is possible with this. And you may not get it right the first time, but if you have tenacity, a good vision and a great team and you're constantly willing to improve and stay agile, you can really make this stuff happen. You can make a difference in the world and you can truly manifest your purpose. So, I... <laughs> okay. Well, I... I have to jump in and say that that if you are listening right now, just check in on your own sense of 
well-being in your body after listening to Catherine talk. And the promise and the presence that she emits through the airwaves or however we call it through the internet (laughs) waves. Um, Now just check in right now on how you feel compared to when you first started listening to this show. And there is a really good example of conscious leadership in action. It's the ability to move people. And you know, you, I mean, I can, I can say this very clearly that listening to you, Catherine, you are in a state of flow. You are in wow. it. You're in your zone, and it, it is palpable. Um, <laughs> I feel energized. I'm ready to go out and run laps. It's <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, wonderful. That, oh, my God, you just made me so happy. <laughs> I, I, I really, I need it. <laughs> thank you for that. You know, it's, it, it, uh, you know, it's really... It's really my purpose to show up in this world and make a positive difference. But I, I want to enable so many more people to do it as well and give them this insight. And, and I know that we're running out of time today. And I've, I've so enjoyed your, the conversation with you, Bill. I mean, I think you're an amazing oh, person likewise. and doing so much important work for this world. And I want to make sure that everyone on the show can stay in touch with him. So Bill is available by email, and he also you can find him uh, at the uh, via the internet on his website. Um, but I'm going to give you his personal email, and you are going to reach out to him and ask for a copy <laughs> of his papers or connect with him on how to be employ more of these techniques in your daily life. His email is w as in William, t as in Taylor, b as Bendel, wtb2001 at columbia.edu. And if you need that, you can also contact me at info at ccalarco.com to get the details and information. I will also be changing the e-card on this episode so you know how to get in touch with with uh, Bill and and uh, and get his amazing information that I'm staring at right now. And um, I'm just super excited to, to be able to talk to you today. And if there was one thing that we can say to people today, Bill, what would you leave them with? What one thing would you leave them with to inspire them to move forward and be the leaders they are? I would say that you would be surprised that right now you have everything you need. You already have everything you need. So just be. Mm. That would be my advice. That's awesome. Be the wonderfulness that you already are. And when you, you show up, we, when you show up, we see it and we feel it and we are better for it. So it's a great honor and pleasure to have you on our show today. You can always stay in touch. This is Catherine Calarco on Humanity Evolve with Bill Brendel. And we are we have enjoyed being having you on the show today. Please stay in touch via Twitter at Kath Calarco or on uh, our website, ccalarco.com or email me at info at Catherine, or info at ccalarco.com. It's been a joy and an honor. Let's be the conscious leader that you are today, whether you're simply everyday life or if you're leading a billion-dollar corporation. Either way, you are a leader and you are conscious and you are exactly what this world needs. Thank you for joining Catherine Calarco for this week's edition of Humanity Evolve. Be sure to tune in again next Tuesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We'll talk again then. 